welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are two witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We'll talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and stirring the cauldron in the Deep South. Hey, everybody. This is Selena. And Luna. And we have brought back our special guest. That's where you say your name. Aoife! <laughs> Back by popular demand. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, and Aoife is here as well. Um, Yay, Aoife. So the airing of this episode is going to be March 4th, 2019 already. Um, we have a sun in, in Pisces right. and a waning moon in Aquarius. Aquarius. For just a couple of days, and then yeah. it'll switch. Okay. Um, so today we're talking about, this is our third episode in the Witch's Pyramid. So we're, the corner we're talking about this time is to will, to will. Um, this idea was put forth by, you're going to say it this time, Aoife, who, who wrote the book? Eliphas Levy. That's the one. Um, and it, this book is Transcendental Magic, and it was published in 1854. Um, so for this, this corner, we're talking about to will, and that's pretty much universally tied to the element of fire, um, which I think works perfectly with willpower and determination and all of those things that we're going to discuss tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so the will is is talking about your your unshakable faith, your um, your ability to know your power and exert it into the world. So mm-hmm. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about, I feel like I'm running through this, I'm running, um, is inner strength. Like what is, what is your will? I'm not talking about your wants or when Mm -hmm. I say your desire, I'm not necessarily talking about your desire as, as a want, but your true soul desire. You know what I mean? Like your, your big will, your, your higher will. That's what we're talking about. Um, so let's talk about that. So what is it? What is your what is your inner strength? What is your your witch's fire? Your will? For me, the inner fire, that inner strength, it's that that center point in me. It's that point that is me, for lack of a better word, solidified. It's that point from which everything else expands out. It's something that nobody can teach you. It's somebody that nobody can show you for yourself. You have to find it for yourself. And I think for each person, it's going to be described differently. Because as manifest beings, we're all manifest as human beings, obviously, but all slightly different in slightly different ways. So I think we're all going to perceive it differently or we're going to access it differently. But for me, it's that point that keeps me grounded in my ifaness. It's the point that just holds all of my fuel, all of my power. That's a and good, you know I like what I mean that, by power. I like that you said that it makes me um, think of the word spark, like that, that spark yes. that ignites everything that drives you forward. Mm-hmm in your decisions in your life. That's really excellent explanation of it. I agree with you on that. And I do think that people access that differently. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it does feel differently to everyone. Most, most people I talk to once they 
have discovered this part of themselves, it sort of feels at least similar, but but finding it and getting to it and recognizing it is a different path for each person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or am I a crazy mm-hmm. person? I agree. I agree. It's like the fire in the belly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good talk, ladies. Good talk. Um, no, but I agree with you. And, and I feel, to me, um, there's a couple of ways that that I feel it. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples because this isn't very clear. Um, it does feel like, for me, I, I feel it at the point of my solar plexus is where I feel it radiating out from, typically. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it does feel like a fire. It feels like, okay, if you've ever been really, really angry or feeling in, in, in a, a very competitive or in those sorts of moments where you feel motivated, you know, mm-hmm. um, you sort of radiate out this energy. Um, and that's, that's very similar to what I'm talking. It may be exactly the same, but I, I caution using the anger moment for that. But that's a good example it, though. It yeah. it sort of radiates out and, and you can you can feel it and people around you can feel it. You mm-hmm. you know when someone's angry even if they're not saying it or showing it visibly. Mm-hmm. Um you can feel it. And that's right. what you're feeling is their is their willpower and their inner power being expanded beyond mm-hmm. their physical body. Um the times that I noticed it too is I've mentioned before I have a theater background mm-hmm. and when you're on stage and you project and I'm not talking about your voice, you sort of exert yourself your into, presence. yeah, you have a stage presence. Mm-hmm. You've heard people say you have yeah. a stage presence. You exude your presence. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are pushing out, you're expanding your, your aura, mm-hmm. you're, you're infusing your aura with your power and your energy and people can feel that around you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it feels like to me. What does it feel like to you when you are accessing your your internal fire, your will? Right. For me, I, when I said fire in the belly, it's like that for me. Mm-hmm. Mine's not in the chest. It's actually just below the sternum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it goes all the way through. And I feel it, um, you know, when I'm really excited about things. Um, my, I'll get what you call the, um, the nervous shakes, but they're on the inside. Okay. Like you have a bunch of bu- butterflies in your belly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I feel that, I know I'm just really fired up about something and I'm going to, I'm so just, I can't contain myself because the energy is so high. Um, and that's where I feel it the most for me. Now, anger, I mainly feel that from my head because I'm a redhead and <laughs> and it just, whew, fire goes up, it's on. Um, <laughs> but for for being excited about the, and it could be anything, you mm-hmm. know, um, it's, I feel that fire in the belly, you know. Uh, so yeah, that was mine. That's interesting. I'm glad you explained it uh, that way, because that, that does sound like um, a slightly different mm-hmm. ex- experience than how I feel it. So that's awesome. Right. Um, you said something, and it made me think of a thing that I wanted <laughs> to say, and I'm trying to remember. Um, well, real oh, quick, oh, oh. I want to say that it's very interesting that you both mentioned anger, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think for many people, I won't say everyone, but I think for many people, they access that fiery part of them easiest 
through anger because anger is one of those few emotions that as a society, we're allowed to express without the fear of being humiliated by it. How many times have we put ourselves out there only for people to backlash and then we build up those walls emotionally and we don't want to show people what we really desire. We don't want to show people what we're really passionate about because we're protecting that fragile little piece of us, but it's easy to feel fiery inside and show anger and people respond to anger. Oh, she's, she's mad. She's Mm -hmm. pissed. I'm not going to mess with her. She's badass, you know, or whatever. (laughs) They're not going to mock you as much for anger. So I think for a lot of people, anger is the easiest way because it's one of the few ways that they're allowed to express it. I agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the easiest ways to access it simply because also everyone, it's a universal experience. And it's one of those moments where you're, you're feeling protective and you're, you're not thinking like all the insecurities, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, have shut down because that feeling is driving you. So that is a very easy way yep. to access it. Mm-hmm. And I remembered what I was going to say, and then, okay. I, and then I re-forgot it. Crap. Oh, I remember it now. You were talking about how you you feel those those butterflies and mm-hmm. that that sensation that little in, shaky sensation in yeah in your around your solar plexus area mm-hmm. and the belly area. I would also like to say that it's it's a different experience than when you are in an artistic creative space too, Mm -hmm. because I'm an artist and when I'm in that zone, in that flow, Mm -hmm. it is not the same thing. I'm I'm creative, but that comes from a a totally different part of my body is where I feel that. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like my internal fire has been just like absorbed into whatever creative flow that is guiding my work. Right. That's um, a good point. So it's it's very different from that kind of feeling mm-hmm. as well. It's more like the um the passionate desire of my personal, you know, my personal expression. It's mm-hmm. it's not even that artistic zone. I don't know if that made any sense, but it is it is different. Mm-hmm, it is and different. I might have just put that together just now. Um, so so now that we have identified for ourselves, oh, Aoife, you didn't tell us how do you experience that that your internal fire? How do you feel it physically? Emotionally? I feel it just just like you said. I definitely feel it strongly in my solar plexus area. It is a very, I'm a very fiery person. I mean, we joke about me being the Virgo, um, but really in my natal chart, Virgo is only my, it's my sun sign, but it's the only earth sign in my entire natal chart. The vast majority of my natal chart is very much fire. And if you know me at all, you know that I got a lot of opinions. She's feisty. And I'm going to let you know about them. I'm very fiery. So I feel I feel that fire. Fire is the elemental energy that I've always accessed the easiest. It's the one that I grew with um, first and foremost because I was able to access it um, so easily. So that fiery energy um, has always been a part of my internal being as well as my practice. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. I, since you're since you're dragging people's charts into it, just your own really, but I'll drag mine into yeah, it as well. Yeah. I am um, a fire sign and my chart is so full of fire. So I have like 
a couple of water signs, which probably only makes it worse, and some air <laughs> signs. I don't know. Um, but it's mostly it's mostly Sagittarius pretty much throughout. There's it's in like eight different houses. It's a mess. I don't even know how that happened. But yes, I think that certain people have um are drawn more to certain elements for a variety of reasons. And this one was always the one that I connected with most easily hmm. as well. Okay. So there you go. Well, um, I have no chart, yeah. but I'm Cancer, so ta-da. I mean, you have a chart. It's, it's out there. <laughs> you it's, do. It's you work. Luna, Luna will talk. Luna will talk. We're going to work we'll your, your chart, chart yes. Baby. Yes, do my chart. I'm going to do your chart. Yes. Um, okay. So now that we have recognized that feeling, and, and, and for those of you who are, you know, just becoming aware of what that is. That's where all of your power comes from. When you're doing witchcraft and you're doing spell work and you're doing, you know, these things, that's where your power comes from. That's that's what you initially learn to activate and use um, to manifest, to create change, internal change and external change in your life. So now that we have identified it, we know what it feels like, we know where it is, uh, how do we... How do we use it? How do we make it um, do do what we want it to do? How, how do we manifest with that? So we were talking earlier about manifesting these things that you want, whatever it is, and it's all over the place. You know, you might want a new job. You might want a new car. You might want to be in a relationship. You might want to better your health. There's so many things that we want in life. And everybody's walking around, whether you're doing witchcraft or not, wanting things and working towards these things. Um, so everybody has their goal in mind. Everybody has their will that they're trying to manifest. So if just Joe Blow walking down the street is, you know, going after a job and you want that job too, what's the point of witchcraft? <laughs> it's to give you the edge up. It's to, to quote the Hunger Games, it's to make the odds ever in your favor. <laughs> I so like that. It's to, <laughs> it's to find, whenever you cast these spells, you don't just conjure up magic and then floof it into the universe going, do something with that, please, gods and guides or whoever you work with, do something with that. I don't know what I want. No, it's work. So you have to have something in mind. And when you're crafting this spell, the force that you put into the spell, this is what's fueling your desire to shoot out into the universe. Like I said, everyone else is walking around wanting these things too. So there's what, six, seven billion people on this earth and we're all wanting things. So your will has to be the fuel that takes your desire and just bulldozes everyone else to get you to that finish line to make you the winner. Are you always going to be the big winner? No. Sometimes the universe or the gods or whoever you work with is going to clothesline you and say, hold up, there's something better coming or hold up, this is really going to screw you up or even better, Oh, is that what you really want? Okay, cool. No. Let's see how this let's see how this is gonna work out, shall we? Popcorn, popcorn, popcorn. So sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't manifest. But the point is you have to ask for it to begin with. You have to 
put it out in the world. You have to put it out into the universe. And the only way that you're going to fuel that is with your will. You have to put every ounce of yourself and offer it to the universe. That's why witchcraft is not easy because you're putting so much of yourself into this work and into these things that you're trying to manifest. You make yourself vulnerable to the powers that be not Mm -hmm. necessarily vulnerable to the next witch over on the next block, but just to the universe saying, I really want this. And like I said, sometimes the answer is no, but sometimes the answer is marvelously. Yes. You have worked for this. You deserve this here. Exactly. That's exactly that. That's such a really good analogy because, well, I don't know if that was an analogy. That was a literal (laughs) interpretation. (laughs) Um, But, but that's the way I think about it too, is that everybody wants you know, you've got several people wanting the same thing. Um, but the desire and the will to actually put in the work and do the work to get that and to align yourself with those vibrations, um, it's not easy. And it does take that desire. You can't just sort of half-heartedly sort of kind of maybe want something. Like, you've got to live and breathe it. Um, yeah. Like, I use the the analogy of, um, martial artists or athletes a lot. Um, they work very hard. They don't just get up and say, I want to be, you know, an Olympic athlete and then just want it really hard. They work and they Mm -hmm. practice and they train and they grow their skills. Um, and it's that desire that fuels them to do those things. And that is how they accomplish it. It's not just the wanting, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So, and if I'd like, I'd like to tag on just one more thing really quickly. Mm-hmm. If just as a little tidbit, cause like I said before, you can't really be taught how to do this. You have to find that for yourself. But one thing that kind of helped me, and this is a great, this is a great lesson for anybody out there who can only feel this fire through anger at this point to manifest it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. feel the anger that you have of the lack of, of not having that thing and just be like, I'm sick of being without this thing and let that build up inside of you so that you can send that out. And that's why in witchcraft, we end a lot of times with the so moted bees or the, so be it, it is done. We speak it into being immediately. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. I hope this comes true. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. See you later. It's, this is happening. Bam. Right. Shut. Closed. Bam. Stamped. So I just wanted to add that in because it is a way to access if the only way that you can feel it right now is through that kind of, for lack of a better word, negative emotion that. It's a way of turning something that is usually a bad emotion into something that can work to your benefit is what I'm trying to say. Right. right. And and I, I you touched on something just now that I, I kind of would like to hit on myself. Um, the identification of anger as a negative, and I hate that term, as a discordant yes. or, Same. or bad <sighs> emotion, um, there are no bad emotions. Mm-mm. You know, right. anger is a tool, just like any of your other feelings, it lets you know something about 
what's going on inside of you. It lets you, it makes you aware of what's going on in your internal landscape. It lets you know when a boundary has been breached. It lets you know when, um, something is happening that you are not okay with, you know, anger is a tool and however you choose to use it is up to you. You can let it, um, take over your life and take over your thoughts and take over your processes or drive you to do things that are, um, out of harmony with what you want to achieve in your life. You can let it become, um, a destructive force in your life, just like any other emotion, just like love, just like compassion. You can be too compassionate and let things occur and let people breach your boundaries, um, over and over and over. And Mm -hmm. that, seems like a really helpful emotion and it's not always. So everything that you're feeling is a tool. And so that's an excellent way to use that tool and to recognize that those feelings are there to send a message to you and you can use those feelings um, to guide your craft in, in a way that is productive. Right. Does that make sense? And could spur you into action, I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have a lot of things going on in my life. It's like y'all are just preaching to me. <laughs> I know you're not preaching, but it's like this lesson's for me. Um, I do. I have a lot of things going on in my life and a lot of things that are actually coming to manifestation after a very long time of working on it. Um, and so it's it's really crazy that, that we're doing this show on that and it just clicked and a light bulb went off. Um, for me... Uh, you know, you you made the comment, what was it you said, um, that you can will it into being, but you have to do the work mm-hmm. behind it. And that is mm-hmm. very, very true. And anger, a lot of times, can spur you into that action. Um, not for an example for myself, but just an example in general. You know, a lot of people on the political front are very, very angry uh, on both sides, mm-hmm. on all sides, actually. And it has spurred some of them to run for office. It has spurred some of them to get out there and volunteer, um, you know. And it's gotten people out of a sedentary yeah, sort of place. Right. And brought instead some things of, to people's attention. Exactly. Right? Instead of sitting back and let the other people do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you don't like what they're doing, so you're going to get up and actually change it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very positive thing. So in that respect, anger to me can be very positive emotion because it spurs people into action and gets them moving. Um, for me, I just got tired of being stinking broke, (laughs) (laughs) you know, for lack of a better reason. I mean, I've majority of my life. I mean, I had my kids young, I married young, uh, divorced not long ago and remarried not long ago, but so my life is completely different. You know, kids are grown and have kids of their own, that kind of thing. But I just literally just got tired of being broke, being a mom for so many years and having only one income for a long time. We struggled hard. I mean, I homeschooled my kids. Yeah, I struggled hard. That poverty complex. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people in, well, gosh, pagans have that too. Mm, Everybody, yeah. But, But that whole idea that you should not want for physical comforts even while you're here in the physical body, yeah, right? That does a number that. on you. Yeah. You can identify with that poverty complex oh, and just live in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not wanting to live in the Taj Mahal or anything, but I would just really like to be able to automatically pay my bills every month right. and have something <laughs> left over. That's really all I want. I yeah. mean, you know, I'd love to have my car paid for. 
um, you know, just be able to pay my bills and live comfortably and go to a movie, you know, maybe once or twice a month. I mean, nothing really out of this world. <laughs> I mean, if the universe wants to send me more than that, I'm, I'm going to take it. But, <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, girl. Yeah. But, um, but no, that that anger or that frustration right. is what fueled you into exactly manifesting this for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore either. So, what? yeah, you know, getting on up there. But uh, I think you're fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> but you know, fabulous. I just <laughs> fabulous. But I just, I just, I want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. The older I get, and if I keep going the way that I have been, that's just not going to happen. So you're gonna have to put in some work. I have put in some work, girl. Let me and tell it's you, manifesting I put in hard. A lot of work. You've got a lot of things manifesting, like all at one all time. At <laughs> that's yeah. fun. That's always. But that's okay. That just means that everything's fixing to flip. I had a similar experience actually. Um, when I got really fed up with where my life was going mm-hmm. and got to the point where I was like, Oh yeah, I'm a witch. I'm gonna use my witchcraft and I'm gonna use my determination and I'm gonna get what I actually want. I'm gonna be very specific, I'm gonna detail it out. I'm I made a list. I have a Virgo <laughs> moon. It's fine. I did make a list. I might still have it somewhere. It's probably in a file. Um I have a list everywhere, so don't feel bad. <laughs> oh good. Um <laughs> But I was not in a happy marriage. I was not in a solid practice. My practice had completely died away. Mm-hmm. Thanks, unhappy marriage. Um, and there were a variety of things. I wasn't, I was in an apartment. I wanted to be in a house. I wanted, you know, I just wanted things. I wanted stability. I wanted comfort. I wanted understanding. Um, and I literally wrote it down and did some witchcraft and, you know, started making some changes in my life to make sure those things manifested. And one by one by one within the course of, um, gosh, I guess it was like a year. I was out of my unpleasant marriage and into a very pleasant marriage. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I was pregnant with my first child that they told me I could never have. Wow. And all of those things happened almost back to back Mm -hmm. because I put in so much work all at that one time. Right. Um, but but yeah, that's what drives you to accomplish anything in your life. Um, and so you've got to use the tools that you have. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about developing those tools a little bit. So we've talked about manifesting and we've talked about um, the, the fuel for manifestation, mm-hmm. okay? But how do we light that spark? How do we, what do we do to stoke that fire and so that that fuel is available to us whenever we need it? Um, the number one, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say this until people are sick of hearing it. Okay. The number one Please thing. Please do. <laughs> meditation, y'all. For real. Meditation, journaling, cleansing your aura, healing, cutting the cords of the things that are holding you back, mm. developing your craft, learning your craft, learning how to use and express your will. These are the steps that you need to take so that you can use it to manifest whatever it is you're after whenever you need to. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to that athlete analogy. You don't want to have have been a strong athlete and then you stop being athletic for 20 years and then suddenly you want to compete. It's not going to work. Mm-mm. You have to continue to keep your body in shape and your and stay in practice if you want to still be in good form. And it happens so much with pagans. Um, 
we become aware of what we are and then we don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And we, we live like as if it's a philosophy instead of a practice, right? you know, and we, we believe things, um, but we don't do anything mm-hmm. with it. Um, so that's why it's so important to, to hone your craft, to meditate, to look within and heal and work through all your crap and develop your strength, develop your power, play with it, play mm-hmm. with energy, use your willpower, test it. Um, you know, do the work, do the work. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Just um, do it. So yeah. what, do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> so, tell me about some of your inner tools, the tools that, that are most beneficial to you when you're manifesting and in your practice. Um, let's go. Eva. Meditation is definitely, definitely number one on the list. And yeah, I'm going to keep saying it until everyone's sick of hearing it. And then I'm going to continue to say it because it is more than true more than true. And I just want to say for anyone listening, who's like, but I, how is sitting in a room for five minutes saying, Oh, going to help me. I'm not talking about saying Oh, for five minutes. I'm talking about self-reflective meditation. I'm talking about active meditation. And if you don't know how to do that at the end of this podcast, you're going to hear a number and you're going to call that number and you're going to say, please help me, give me some guidance on how I can learn how to do this because we would love to help you. Um, because uh, for the longest time I would hear meditate, meditate, meditate. It's so good for you. And I didn't know how to actively meditate. I thought it was sitting in a room, lighting some incense and saying, "Om" for five minutes. And you know what I got from it? <laughs> Nothing. That's what. So when we say meditate, we're talking about like, actively meditating it goes back to which know thyself yeah and this is how you're going to know yourself you're going to sit down you're going to shut your mouth for 10 minutes 15 minutes however long and you're going to look inside and you're going to look yourself in the face not literal eye you know in the third eye You're going to look yourself in the third eye and you're going to figure some shit out about yourself. You know, like, do I really like this thing or do I only think I like this thing because it's what society expects of me? You're going to find out what stuff you do like, what you don't like. You're going to find out what's acceptable to you and what is unacceptable. You're going to learn so much about yourself. It's wonderful. And I see these, I call them Insta witches, the Instagram witches. I love them. I follow them. But some of them, y'all, you've got to stop. And, you know, I hear that I don't meditate because I'm not one of those love and light witches. Well, if you're not meditating, girl, what are you doing? That's a good question. My meditations are rarely ever love and light. That's usually like the dark, dirty shit that I don't want to look at is what I get a lot of meditations. That's when the guides show up and go, what you doing? Why you did that? You know, uh, and uh, I gotta, the reason that you're not having what you want in your life, <laughs> it's you. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's what it's true time. It's true time. Time to face these ugly truths. But you know what? You go in, you face those ugly truths, and you come out wiser and stronger. So absolutely, meditation, it's the fastest and best way to know thyself. And once you know who you are, that's when that spark becomes defined because that spark is you. It's, it's the essence of you deep down inside. And I'm going to keep saying it 
and Selena's going to keep saying it and Luna's going to keep saying it meditation. And if you don't know how reach out to us, we want to help you. We love you. I love you. We do love you. And there are different ways of meditation too. It's not just sitting in a room. You can do things even as far as doing what, what I call a brain dump, sit down and just write everything in your head onto a piece of paper. Sometimes it can really surprise you what shows up. Those are extremely healing. I I had an experience with that exact thing Mm -hmm. of just like sort of free journaling. You Mm -hmm. just write. Um, And I kind of tranced out. And then when I came back to my awareness, I had uh, writings all up and down the sides and in the margins and Mm -hmm. little pictures. And it's, yes, it's very, very healing. There's all different ways. And let's think about the word meditate. It means to contemplate, Mm -hmm. to reflect on, okay? So it's not just about stillness. That's Mm -mm. a totally different technique, which is also very useful and valid. But meditation means to contemplate. Mm -hmm. So you're looking within. There's a million ways to do that and to achieve that successfully. Right. Yep. Awesome, ladies. Very (laughs) good. Very good. We're doing good. So, yeah, those are the main tools. Do you have any additional tools, Luna, that you would like to recommend Nope, y'all got it. Meditate. <laughs> do the damn work. Do the damn do work. Do the damn work. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many candles you have and how much incense you have. Yes, mm-hmm. those things resonate and vibrate at a particular frequency and mm-hmm. they can lend power to your magic. But if there's no spark there, if there's nothing connecting all of those pieces together, right. your spell work is not going to be exceptionally strong. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's. I mean, it might it might still work, um, but it's it's going to work a lot better, a lot faster. It's going to be really connected to you when you're able to access your energy and infuse it into everything that you do. Well, you have to have an intention for it to work. Exactly. So if, well, yeah. if you don't have if your any, intention I, is weak, yeah, right. right, exactly. You're right. You're right, and that's kind of what the very next thing we're talking about is that that willpower within you is is exactly what fuels all of your desires and all of the things that drive you and motivate you in life. And if you're not following your desire and your motivations, like what are you doing in your life? Mm -hmm. Are you just sustaining your life? Are you keeping your biological body alive (laughs) for what purpose? Right. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Go get it. <laughs> you know, there's there's no purpose in just going to work and coming home and doing the laundry and eating your food if you're not moving towards something, if right. you're not growing in some kind of way. And, and, and that thing is going to be different for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. it may just be quiet, peaceful time. Okay, great. Um, it may not be. It may mm-hmm. be something else entirely. But you have to, you have to be moving towards something and working towards something or gosh, you have to have a goal. I don't know what you're doing if not. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so let's talk about some of the um, challenges and obstacles that you will face um, along the road to developing your will. So we know what our will is. We know how to hone it and how to build it. So what are the, some of the obstacles that we're going to face? I, I have one I have two, and and one of them you made me think of, Aoife, just a few minutes ago. Um, Two of the things that I hear the most from students and newer practitioners is, first of all, I can't meditate. I bet you 1,000 of our listeners, (laughs) when she said, or when whoever said it first said meditate, they were like, oh, I can't meditate. Oh, God. No, I'm talking directly to you, that person, those people. (laughs) 
You can meditate. You can. You can. Because every single time a student has said, I can't meditate, and they and we talk through the obstacles that they're dealing with, there are a million methods out there. Mm-hmm. One or many will work for you. You have to give yourself the space to grow because it's not something that everybody just knows how to do. And we spend so much time um, in our society going and doing and distracting and ignoring Mm -hmm. that we don't, we aren't focused as a society on looking within and developing those things. Um, So no, it's not easy at first, but once you slip into that space, you're going to realize how easy it was. Like if you can sleep, you can meditate. Mm-hmm. If you can dream, mm-hmm. you can meditate. If you've ever had a daydream or your mind has ever wandered in your life, you have meditated mm-hmm. and you can do it. Right. And getting past that obstacle of your own self-doubt, that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, obstacle you will face. When you stop telling yourself you can't and you give yourself an opportunity to learn... You're going to grow so fast, and your willpower is going to grow so fast. You're going to ignite that fire within you that motivates everything that you do, and your whole life is going to flip around. It's it's insane. And um, speaking of insane, the next question that I hear the most um, is people think they're crazy. And I, I, there's part of me that's, that says if you don't think you're crazy at some point on this path, then you might actually be crazy <laughs> um, yes. because you're going to have an experience in meditation that makes you feel like you're a total nut case, like you've gone completely off the rails. It's it's time for an intervention. That's going to happen. If it hasn't already, it will happen. The first time you meet with a deity or a spirit guide or uh, something along those lines, they can be extremely intense experiences. And yeah, there's part of you that might feel like I'm making this up or I'm crazy. I know myself well enough to know that I am not that creative for some of the things I've experienced are so bizarre and out of this world that I know I, I could not have imagined this. And especially when I start researching it more, researching the symbolism um, of some of the visions that I've seen and things like that, and I start to see that other people have had similar experiences. So you you, you know that either all these people that I've never met before, including myself, are crazy, or I have had a legitimate experience. Right. You know, and you have to ask yourself, was the experience helpful? Did you learn something? Did you grow? Even if... It was coming from a place of your own creativity. Was it helpful? Mm-hmm. Then how can you discount it? You know, right? So mm-hmm. those those are the two biggest obstacles that I have experienced and and seen in people is is that self doubt and and feeling like a cuckoo clock. What what do you guys have? Yeah. What what are what are some of I, the obstacles? To build on doubt, you know, not just doubting your abilities, but doubting, just doubting that it's going to work in general is a big obstacle because we, we go through these wonderful rituals, you know, we gather all of our candles and our incense and all of these things with the correspondences and, you know, do all this work. And then we send this wonderful, you know, poof of energy out into the universe and then, for a lot of people, you just go, God, that's such bull crap. 
This isn't going to work. And right there, dud, dud. You kill your energy dead right there. And it's hard to not doubt. But that's where will comes in. That's where that fiery, strong, unbreakable will of, no, this is going to happen. This is happening right now, not in the future. It's manifesting right now. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to punch down those voices of it's not going to happen. And kind of a close cousin to that is the, I don't deserve this. I don't really deserve to get these things that I'm wishing for, or I'm asking for, you know, like other people deserve it better than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not worthy. It's that, it's that place of, we were talking about the place of poverty, that poverty mentality of I'm not good enough for good things to manifest for me. It belongs to the people out there, the people who are living better lives, but that's a lie. I'm going to tell you that whoever you are listening to this, that is a lie. You deserve good things in life and you deserve for the things that you desire to manifest. Um, it's, it's once again, it's hard to get over those roadblocks. It's possible though. You know it what, really you know is. what helps you get over those roadblocks? Med meditation. Meditation, meditation. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm doing so internal glad. work. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so glad you mentioned meditation. And you know what goes great with meditation? <laughs> journaling. 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 Yeah. That was my next step. Yeah. yeah. Was, so absolutely. that you can journal, write down journal, all the journal, things journal, that journal. happen in meditation and then revisit it at a later date to mm -hmm. see how it comes to being. And as you learn your own thought processes and the areas where you like to kick yourself, you start to recognize yes. your patterns and then you can change yes. them. And what's really cool in this date and time, we actually have apps on our phone that you can journal. You can search by um, keyword into your own journalings to see what the hell's happened in the past. Um, so, yeah, in that, you know, I mean, it's all at our fingertips, y'all. It's, it's so It's all easy. on the phone. It's so simple. I mean, even if you don't want to write, you can turn on your recorder and actually talk into your phone. There are programs that will yes. type it out for you. So You're right. There is no re We are all literate pretty much mm -hmm. at this juncture. Majority of people are literate. Mm -hmm. So um, not studying, not journaling, not meditating. There's really no excuse. It's super easy. There's information all over the place mm -hmm. that is accessible. These things are not hard to come by. So if you're, if you're, you know, if you have reasons that you can't. Right. I, I really need you to check your reasons because I bet they're excuses mm -hmm. and there's not really a reason that you can't. Right. And time isn't really a factor either. If you work a full-time job, you've got to go to lunch sometime. Yeah. Go to your car. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are apps you can get on your phone and just play through your radio on your car that will guide you through a meditation that will last you five minutes at lunch. Mm -hmm. You go back to work, you have renewed energy. Your focus is better. I mean... It's it's a great thing. I used to do that. This reason, look, I do. I, I meditate in the shower because sometimes that's the only time I have because I have children. Right. But yeah, any, exactly. it's just a few minutes. Do it a few minutes before you fall asleep at night. Right. If you can't journal, I um, there was a time that I was just. I'm mostly always very busy, but I um use the voice dictation mm -hmm. and just take little notes here and there throughout the day. Just get my thoughts collected. Just collect right. your thoughts. Learn yourself. Know thyself, witch. Mm -hmm. exactly. If you get an idea, just say, "Hey Google, make me a reminder." 
you know, or Siri, whoever mm-hmm. you have. Whoever you have. Oh, yeah. See, my phone just turned on Siri. She's, make me a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Those are great. Those are some really great, great things to to, to point out because there there's there is no excuse that that should keep you from from being able to manifest. Not as a witch. We don't have any reason. We don't have shame. We don't have Mm-mm. guilt. We don't carry these things. Right. We don't carry the burdens of, you know, generations past with us. Mm-hmm. We are here now doing what we desire. We're in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. to manifest our will in the world and create change. Um, and there's no excuse not to do it. Get out there, witches. We need our witches, especially, you know, right now. And and pretty much always. I can't think of a time in history where we really didn't need our witches, but they probably always said, especially right now. Right. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is um is is the success of your manifestation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's there's two aspects of this that I wanted to talk about. One of them is um when you first start out, especially seeking um Activities and exercises that will give you some validation because that will help you um, push past your doubts and your fears and whatever else is holding you back. Um, If you start off with some simple exercises that may seem kind of pointless, but give you validation. And that's extremely beneficial early on when you are feeling like you're maybe a crazy person and maybe witchcraft isn't real after all. And these people want me to journal every single day. And that's a lot. lot. Um, (laughs) You know, so, so there's a lot of techniques. Um, One of my favorites was instant magic. Um, It's so very useful. And there's a whole book out there about it. It's called instant magic. It's by Christopher Penzek. Um, But there's a lot of information out there. That's a really, really good way to begin to have little bits of validation throughout your day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that will help support you and let you know that you you do have the power to create change in your environment, in your physical world, in your emotional world. That's a lot of people that just come into it are still sort of shaking off the shackles of a of a birth religion that has told them that they don't have any power and they're mm-hmm. powerless without someone else or something else right you know and so becoming empowered giving yourself the the space to step into your sovereignty is not an easy one and there are moments where it's easier to say this is bullshit mm-hmm. than to say i can do this you know so those little validating moments are extremely important. Um, thoughts, ladies? So I think I've been very fortunate um, in my path that I get very specific. I get very specific messages that are given to me. At the time, they don't make any sense whatsoever. At the time, they sound ridiculous and stupid all I'm going to say is I'm very responsible. Selena knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yes, she is. But I get these specific messages that at the time make no sense. But later on, when things manifest, I can look back. I can look back in my journal. I can look back and see I was told this by my guides. Mm-hmm that this was going to come to be and here it is manifesting. So then I can journal about that. And there's my, my validation. And sometimes it's 
it has come to be, but sometimes it's just, this is your sign that you're on the right path. Keep going. Sometimes I get, and this is true for a lot of people, the numerology signs, you know, these number sequences that come up time after time, the one, one, ones, the two, two, twos, the three, three, threes, the one, two, three, fours. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I get 11, 11 all the time. All the time. Freaking radio and my watch and my Mm -hmm. phone. It's 11, 11. I'm like, freaking A. Everywhere. And all of the sources that I've looked into, they're like, oh, this means that it's, you know, your will is manifesting. I'm like, sweet. Keep that coming, you know. So those are just some of the ways that I think that I, like I said, I've been very fortunate um, in these validations because I know that there are a lot of witches out there who don't get these messages. Um, but again, do the work and hopefully you're going to find whatever, whatever system works for you. Um, but you got to do the work. I want to add a pin on what you just said there. Um, you said that there are witches out there who are not getting as clear of messages as you are. I would say that, um, Likely they are, but perhaps they're not listening as carefully or they're not doing the diligence of journaling and and watching your patterns. Because when you recognize your patterns, you recognize your own symbology. You recognize your own symbol system and how the universe speaks to you as an individual. And then you start to recognize the things that are um, important to you. Like I, I have a thing with birds. I know it seems kind of odd, but if you've been around me in, in out in the wild, very often (laughs) in the real world, um, you'll, you'll see me occasionally. There'll be a bird that catches my attention. And then I'm just, whatever we were talking about, I'm just lost for a minute. Um, because different birds bring me messages. (laughs) That's, this is where I sound like a crazy person, but, um, but that's one of the ways, like, you get numbers. I don't get a lot of numbers thrown at me, um, uh-huh. but I get birds or feathers from particular types of birds, and I've learned enough about my own symbol system through journaling and meditation um, that I know what different birds at different times mean. I know the message that they're carrying for me, and when they've appeared in my life previously in this particular way, what's what they're sort of trying to tell me. So, yeah, you'll see me get distracted by birds a lot. Sorry about it. Not really. Um <laughs> So, so everybody experiences those things differently. And, and if I hadn't been journaling and hadn't been writing it down, maybe I wouldn't notice these weird behaviors in birds around me or other various things that are omens to me that may not have the same meaning to other witches. But this is how the universe communicates with me. This is how our relationship works. So again, journaling is so important, you guys, because mm-hmm. you can go back and look at that shit and see yep. the, patterns, and we say- the patterns and the cycles. And dare we say sexy? I mean, <laughs> I mean journaling is sexy. Uh, you know what? I'm going to get that on a bumper sticker because I don't oh, think yeah, people journaling are is sexy. That might help them listen. That would be cool. Maybe we can make some t-shirts and sell them or something. <laughs> okay. I do have one little point <laughs> that go, I want to make too on what yeah. you said to y'all talking about journaling and people mm-hmm. are like, crap, I've got to sit down and write down everything in my day. Yep. Yeah. But... There's something else you can do too, and this is something I've been doing since I was a teenager, and that's dream journaling. If you think you're getting symbol symbology throughout your day, um, 
tried dream journaling would be, you're going to be amazed at what you get. I've had some of the freakiest dreams and I'd wake up and go, okay, I'm like, I got to write that down and I'll write it down. And when it happened and then I'll find a dream journal from like a year ago Mm -hmm. and pick it up and open it and start reading. I'll immediately correspond with anything that's going on for right now. So if, if the universe wants you to know something, it's going to give you several different ways of finding it out because it, and it's going to be in your face a lot of times because they're like, pay attention to me. This is what your you're eyes. supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dream journaling is another fun way. If you've never journaled before in your life, you want something new to try, try that. Yes. And just make a little mental note to yourself as you're falling asleep. I will remember my dreams. Universe, please speak to me. Whatever you want to say. And usually you'll wake up and be coherent. Now, sometimes it... It will fade very, very quickly sometimes if it's not a very mm-hmm. vivid dream. So you have to be kind of quick on the ball. So that's where I like the dictation feature on your phone. comes in really handy. Like, I just woke up. It's 830 and I, my cat got hit or something, you know, whatever. Um, Dear God, that's your example. Yeah, that was a really, Jesus. really bad analogy. Tells me Sorry. About yeah. you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll have to get our producer to cut that part out. But anyway, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just off the top of my head. But yeah, dream, dreams can be really freaky. So I, you know, I, it's really interesting that you said that because I was literally yesterday um, updating my journals and my, um, you know, my school binders and things like that mm-hmm. from, from the last five years and right. yeah and um I literally pulled out a pa- it was just a scrap of paper that obviously I was not near my dream journal I don't know where I must have been but I had written like three dreams from the same day on different parts of the paper it was mm-hmm. difficult for me to free connect it but um there that's a little tidbit about me right. um you took a lot of naps that day I don't know what happened no I <laughs> I must have been traveling or something but anyway but and it had some really bizarre dreams on it and then I was like oh I I just reading back and I remembered experiencing those mm-hmm. dreams and then I remember what they ended up being tied to later on so yes dream journaling yes right. that's an excellent one that's where that's Can where I just the say, people get their symbols from. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I am so envious of people who keep dream journals. I so rarely remember my dreams, even with the affirmations, even with the intention of remembering. I so rarely remember the actual dream. Every now and then I do, and I write it down, but on the regular, no. But one thing that I have noticed that does stick with me is the earworm. I usually wake up with a song stuck in my head. And sometimes it's a whole song. Sometimes it's a single line of a song that is on repeat. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? I will write that down because sometimes there is some powerful, powerful message in that earworm that's giving you a heads up for your day. Well, I just, so sometimes it's not yeah, so sometimes it's not a full dream. Sometimes it's that little earworm that is stuck in your head when you wake up. So just a little tidbit for the listeners out there. That was a good, that was a good tidbit. That's a great one. And that's what, uh, you know, I would say too, um, especially starting out dream journaling, um, most people have, most people struggle to remember anything to write down. Um, and my best tip on developing your skills as a dream journalist I like that. I like that too. <laughs> um, like so that. if you want to be a dream journalist, um, write down something, say something, 
if you're doing a voice dictation, record the time you woke up and I don't remember. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Say something, do something, write, I don't remember. Or if there's just a color that you remember or like a vague shape or any, any or a feeling. Mm-hmm. If you come out of it and you're like, I don't remember my dream, but I have this particular feeling or it made me feel reminiscent of this, of, you know, my grandmother's house or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, Write that down, Mm -hmm. but do something to actively train yourself to take a note of some kind every single morning when you wake up and you will start to, your brain will start to think of those dream um, experiences as something that it needs to retain. Right. Um, It won't fade quite so quickly. Exactly. And it Mm -hmm. does take time and sometimes it takes months and months of doing that to start to see a difference because you're asleep. So it's a less conscious thing, skill to develop, but it does help. Um, and even those little things mm-hmm. can tell you a lot. Um, I learned throughout the course of my dream journaling that there's a particular, um, and I don't even know how much this has to do with the topic, but we're let's talk about it. We're already talking about it. Um, there's a particular place in my dreams that is sort of a launching pad for um, a lucid experience or a really profound necessary experience or message that's coming through. And that is my grandmother's house. If I have a dream and it starts or shifts to me being in my grandmother's house, Mm -hmm. it's about to turn into a dream that is important. So that's a symbol for me that, you know, and I might open a door and the dream completely change into something that Mm -hmm. matters, but that's like my, my launching pad. Right. Um, So that's one of the ways the universe lets me know, Hey, this dream's about to be important. So you'll pick up on those patterns. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and you know, I don't know what that has to do with. <laughs> well, we were talking about... But we're about, learning about knowing yourself. Yes. Right. We're talking about knowing yourself, but we're also talking about validation, too. That's right. And, and your own uh, symbology. Exactly. That's right. And, and where you get symbols from and signs from and information from. So all of that is validation. It is. And mm-hmm. it lets you know that your will is is manifesting, and it lets you know if if it's something... That you need to manifest because mm-hmm. I have that's the other part of of success of successfully manifesting, um, and you know maybe not having been the most careful mm-hmm. in your initial intention. I um, this has happened to me in my practice, and I'm sure it has happened to everyone in their practice that you think that you want something and you're acting out of a place of your want and not your true will. Stop making that face. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you get exactly what you asked for because you had that mm-hmm. deep, desperate desire for it to manifest, and then you got it, and then you know everything went to hell because you weren't <laughs> listening to your guides that were telling you you don't want this, you, don't you want, want it, it, but you don't need it. Um, so sometimes success is its own validation, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's its own lesson um, in in honing and refining your your will and your desires. And that's why meditation and, and all of that is very important mm-hmm. on the front end before you start uh, learning to manifest because you will likely manifest some really egocentric stuff like I did in my <laughs> early years. <laughs> we weren't taught yep. to med- to meditate right out of the gate. That's Mm-mm. not, you know, we were taught here's the wheel of the year. Here's, here's the tools that you'll need. Here's a, some spells, you know, right. That's where we started. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not always yeah. the best place to start in my personal opinion. Um, but it works, mm-hmm. 
but you know, had I had a little bit more self-reflection before I started to, to know what I truly wanted to manifest, Mm -hmm. uh, I think I would have probably not learned some lessons the hard way. Well, you got to start somewhere and sometimes making mistakes and learning those hard lessons are a good place to start. They yeah. are, but I would recommend for anyone else starting. Right. You know, learn, Listen to us, take learn the easy route. <laughs> learn yourself. And it may not be easy, but you can deal with those issues on an internal level instead of dealing with those issues physically mm-hmm. and, you know, in your life. Right. Well, this was really great, ladies. Um, anybody have anything else they want to add to um, to Will? Crickets. <laughs> No, I like the earworm. I, I do want to re- retouch on that. It was pretty cool. Because every day, just about, I wake up with a song in my head. I'm going to start paying more attention to what's playing. To what playing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I don't know if I wake up with a song. I'm going to have to... I wake up with my alarm, you know? So, I don't know. It just cancels out <laughs> any, any lovely music. I'm going to pay attention for that. Um, okay, ladies. This was lovely. And um, Luna, you have some stuff to talk to us about. About the moon. I do. Luna's lunar lesson. Uh, we have a new moon coming up on March 6th, y'all. And what's really funny is it's on Ash Wednesday, um, which a lot of things happen on Ash Wednesday, but I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, <laughs> I will do. I do want to say, too, um, the new moon is also known as the dark moon. Mm-hmm. New moon is set aside mainly for self-care. Uh, it's a good time to reflect, uh, release what no longer serves, and cutting the cords to the past and people who are no longer good for you in your life. Uh, this new moon is going to be in the sign of Pisces. And as we go through um, with our new moon lessons, each new moon is going to have the corresponding zodiac for that new moon. So I'm going to give you a little zodiac lesson too. Uh, but Pisces is a water sign. And um, so with the new moon in Pisces, you'll find that you may be very friendly and selfless, Um, but you can also be overwhelmed by really strong emotions. And because of that, you will be more apt to hide your feelings from people. So pay attention to that. Um, Pisces are also very creative and sensual and imaginative beings. So during the the new moon in Pisces, you will be too. Uh, (laughs) um, During the new moon, you'll find you'll work hard to achieve emotional and spiritual harmony, which ties in really well with our lesson today. Yeah, it really does. I mean, not really our lesson, but our talk. um, Because, you know, we're talking about spiritual um, work and getting to know yourself uh, ties in really closely and with... And doing the deep soul healing right, and things right. like that. Right, right. Ties absolutely. in really, really tight with the emotional and spiritual harmony. So that's kind of cool. Um, and you'll also notice that um, you will find yourself being a little bit more generous on a daily basis. And that also will tie in more with the emotional and spiritual harmony aspect of this new moon. I would say watch watch your boundaries during Pisces. Very much so. Very watch much them. so. Yep. <laughs> Just pay close attention. Uh, so that is it. Uh, March 6th, new moon in Pisces. Awesome. I am definitely going to be doing some new moon work in Pisces. I've got, you know... I think everybody does. This is the perfect new moon to just um, really sort of step out and look look at 
all of the things, all of your emotional things that you've been dealing with and just mm-hmm. release, let go, look at them, then let them go. Right. Um, awesome. Thank you. So uh, we, every episode, until we run out of, of ideas, um, are going to uh, dispel a myth. And so the one that I want to talk about today is... Um, it's about hereditary witches. So this is kind of a hot button topic. So we're going to talk about it. Um, there is a there's an idea out there in the world that only hereditary witches are real witches, and mm. I'm going to say that is patently false. Um, what is a hereditary? So what, what is witch? a hereditary witch? That's a good question. So hereditary witches are witches who come from a line of family, uh, a family, a family line. Wow. No, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it. You got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, their their magical tradition is passed down through the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. There's like, on both sides of the aisle, there are people who don't even believe hereditary witches exist, right. you know? So I would, I would say to those people, you don't know people's family life. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You can't tell them that they're not hereditary and that they're... They didn't learn witchcraft from their mama and their grandmama. Right. You can't tell them that. Just like they can't tell you that you're not a witch because you didn't learn from your mama mm-hmm. and your grandmama. Right. So um, I would say that all the all the, the witches are equally witches. I think so. You yeah. can't label somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yes, hereditary witches um, that have a long family history of witchcraft and have a family tradition that's absolutely beautiful and... Congratulations. I, I bet that's really wonderful to grow up with and to have your ancestral ties um, being such a strong part of your practice. That to me sounds absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the same hand, you know, I I may be the first witch in my family, but that doesn't discount my experiences or my connection or what I am right. at all. Um, so if you did not come from a hereditary line or a hereditary tradition, that's fine. You're still a witch doing the work, recognizing what you are. Um, it's still valid. You're, you're going to be just as powerful. Um, you know, you may have to do additional work to learn, to learn different things. You may have to seek out the tradition that fits your path, or there may be no tradition that fits your path. Um, where I feel like hereditary witches probably have stronger, identity, mm-hmm. you know, um, w- within their family, but gosh, I guess they could still have the same types of issues of, of maybe their personal tradition doesn't fit with the family traditions, mm-hmm. you know, ideals. So I'm sure the same issues are there as well. Right. Um, but, uh, there's also, um, different, different traditions of witchcraft that if you're not initiated by a particular person or by a particular, you know, someone of a certain degree of initiation within that tradition, then mm-hmm. your initiation doesn't count. Right. And that is fine within your tradition. Like if it's your tradition that only a third degree high priestess can initiate someone into the craft, then that's fine for your tradition. But you cannot have you can't say that someone who was who is self initiated um is lesser, you know, because the the true initiation doesn't come from this plane that Mm-mm. comes from the gods and that comes from the divine you you cannot say what's going on in someone else's soul right um so yes like 
we need to stick together. We mm-hmm. need to stop um, trying to identify ways that other witches aren't witchy enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we get enough of that shit, right? For everybody else in general. Stop. <laughs> Stop gatekeeping. Stop please. gatekeeping. Unless you actually own a gate, <laughs> you know, and you have perhaps cattle, you know, don't let them out in the road. But fuck, stop <laughs> telling other witches stop. that they aren't good enough right. or witchy enough or powerful enough or educated enough. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know. And can I just stop. say, witchcraft is a craft. It's a practice. It's a practice. So to say that someone is a witch because they weren't born into a witchy family, it's like saying that you can't be a painter unless you were born into a painter's family. Exactly. You can learn those same. You can learn those same techniques. Now there are going to be people in this world who have a more natural aptitude to painting than others, but that doesn't mean that they can't learn how to paint. Same thing with magic, same thing with witchcraft. There are going to be people with a greater aptitude and people who are going to have to work harder. And just because you were born into a hereditary tradition or into a family of witches doesn't necessarily mean that you have that natural aptitude. You might, but you might not. And just because you weren't doesn't mean that you do or you don't either. You'll never know until you try. But my point is, these are skills that can be learned. And it's going to take some people a lot longer to learn them. But the point is, learn them. Right. If, it's, right. if this path calls to you, you can learn these techniques. And we'll, we'll happily help you. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a key, too, that you just said. You said, if this path calls to you. And I think that, to me, is a defining function. Like, if I had to say there was one <sighs> thing that makes a witch a witch, is that... They know they're a witch. You know, they are called to the path. Um, There's there's no other defining feature. And it can happen to, it can be anyone. It's more of a vocation. Like, I I think of not everyone is cut out to be a doctor. Not everyone has the necessary skills and smarts and, you know, whatever compassion that drives you to go through all of the work of becoming a doctor and then doing that work for your life that's that's that takes a certain kind of person mm-hmm. just like witchcraft it takes a certain kind of person and i don't know what the the defining features are of that i don't think those things matter but i think the key is that you're called to it you're you you are awakened to it you mm-hmm. have an awareness like you said you had a sudden spiritual awakening right. um that just hit you out of the blue mm-hmm. and and that's to me is is that is what makes a witch is that you are called to learn and practice witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And it does, and it goes beyond religion too. You know, it doesn't matter if you are Hellenistic or if you are Norse or if you are Christian. Stop what? I mean, it, it doesn't matter. That's right. not that's not a defining function of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's very individual, it's very personal for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's exactly. personal, everyone's spiritual path. Is very personal is what I'm trying to say. And and really the only person that can claim that path or define it is the witch herself. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So stop with your shenanigans, people out there. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. This has gone longer than I expected, and I like it. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 769-230-0305 
Or find us on Facebook at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. And search for Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast on your favorite podcast provider to subscribe and get our latest episodes as soon as they drop. Thanks for listening, everyone. Blessed be. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.